I'm Deanne Penn with UN News. The head of the UN Weather Agency, WMO, has told UN News that with the cost of renewable energy falling and new investment from the private sector, we have the tools to limit global warming to the globally agreed limit of 1.5 degrees Celsius. WMO Chief Peter Italas was speaking on Wednesday as the State of the Climate 2021 report showed that new records were set last year for four out of seven key climate change indicators despite some progress in recent years. Daniel Johnson in Geneva asked Mr. Talas to outline the report's main findings. So we have broken records in the main greenhouse gases, carbon dioxide, methane and nitrous oxide, and since ocean service a sink of carbon dioxide, we have also seen a record in ocean acidity, which is a threat for the, for the ecosystems. We have more than doubled the sea level rise in the past 20 years. It used to be about 2 millimeters per year 20 years ago, and today we are having sea level rise, which is 4.5 millimeters per year. And this increase is coming very much from the melting of glaciers and especially melting of Greenland and Antarctic glacier. And the causes are continued use of fossil fuels? That's right. We have seen some progress during the past 15 years. Altogether, 32 countries have been able to reduce their emissions and we are no more heading towards 3 to 5 degrees warming, which was the scenario of a major IPCC report in 2014. Now we are heading towards 2.5 to 3 degrees warming, which is not yet healthy track, so we should do our utmost to reach the Paris limits. The best for the welfare of mankind and biosphere would be to reach 1.5 degrees warming, and also this upper limit of Paris Agreement, 2 degrees, would be much better than the direction that we are having today. So we're not heading in the right direction. We didn't see the temperature or the surface temperature record broken last year. Nonetheless, it was at 1.1 degrees centigrade. And I think one of the interesting things is that it's changing our ecosystem as well, isn't it? It's not just the temperatures, it's not just the melt, it's not just the cyclones and the drought and the wildfires. It's actually the fact that species are dying out now. So these temperatures in the atmosphere, they vary. One of the drivers are these ocean temperatures. We have so-called El Niño-La Niña variability. And last year was La Niña year, and that's why we didn't break the all-time high. But the last seven years, they were warmest seven years since 1850. And we saw also an increase in the ocean heat content. We have stored more than 90% of the heat that we have produced to the planet to ocean. And there we have seen a steady year-by-year increase and actually we all-time record in those temperatures, this ocean mass temperatures uh, last year. What might that mean by the end of the century for coral reefs, for example? So both this uh, warming of the seawater and acidity of the seawater are having negative impacts on several sea ecosystems like coral reefs. This means whitening of the corals and damage of some ecosystems in the ocean. What would your message be then to governments of the world and especially the main polluters, the main emitters? So we are grateful for those richest countries, G7 and European Union countries, who made pledges at Glasgow COP conference to keep us on this 1.5 degrees track. But what didn't happen is that the rest of the G20 countries like China, India, Russia, South Africa, Brazil, they were not able to make such pledges that we would stay on 1.5 degrees track. And it's highly important to raise the ambition level also in those countries. And I'm confident that there will be growing international pressure on those countries to be more ambitious in their climate efforts. And we as consumers, we can also have an impact once we buy goods from which are produced in China. 
the basis of energy production is, is coal-fired energy, and that's something that we as consumers could also keep in mind and put pressure on government of China and through our consumption habits. What would you say the one key message is, the, the one takeaway that listeners might want, and, and maybe the solution that they'd also like to hear from the United Nations and its partners? So there's also hope. We have seen the drop of the, of, of the solar and wind energy prices. We have now more affordable batteries and electric vehicles. And we have growing amount of private sector companies which are interested in being part of the solution. So we have means to be successful. And it's, it's also cheaper to mitigate climate change than to live with the consequences of climate change. It's, it's, it may be even 20 times more expensive globally to, to live with the consequences with, of climate change than to, to invest now in the mitigation. Yes, but 20 times more expensive is still far too expensive for most of the developing countries that can't afford this mitigation, can't afford this climate adaptation. Who's going to pay for it? I mean, that really is the key, isn't it? As I said, it's very attractive to invest in solar and wind energy, and, and it's the prices of, of those sources of energy, they, they are lower than prices of fossil fuel-based energy, like coal-fired energy. So it's a good investment to invest in these climate-friendly solutions. But I'm sorry, but if it's, if it's seven times more expensive for a developing country to borrow money from the global financial system, what can the World Meteorological Organization do about it as part of the UN? So we are, of course, we are not uh, forcing the governments to do certain things, but we are t t telling them what makes sense. And in the UN family, we have also financial means. We have World Bank, which is investing in certain technologies, and they are putting now a growing amount of money to climate-friendly technologies. And we have also this uh, Green Climate Fund. And as part of the Paris Agreement, there's supposed to be 100 billion a year available for climate action, both for mitigation and also for climate adaptation, and we are gradually reaching that sum. So that's a fraction of the money that is needed, but also private sector has been investing growingly in, in, in climate-friendly technologies. So we have, to, we have to have different means for this purpose, and for example, in many less developed countries, they have shortages of energy, and once you comfort this shortage, better to do it by using climate-friendly technologies, which are attractive for investors.